just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. As you're listening to this, I'll in fact be out on the West Coast in Los Angeles. Back at home, it's in the 30s, maybe a little bit of snow. And in L.A., it's like 89 degrees. Big difference. It's nice to get away from the cold. We're just starting the winter in Minnesota. I'm going to get away from the cold a number of times this year and uh, just try to get a brief respite from the frozen tundra of the north. Born and raised here. I've lived through a lot of winters, good ones, bad ones, horrible ones. And uh, after 61 years, I still fucking hate winters. I can't stand winters. So now that I have a little freedom and a little flexibility, I'm hoping that I can at least take a break now and again from the winter drudgery. What I wanted to talk about today, oh, by the way, I'll be back Monday in the studio, or in my case, living room, uh, doing podcasts from there. So uh, just hang with me here. Uh, I'm actually recording this Friday, so you're hearing it Saturday, but I'm recording it ahead of time so I can still have all the tools I need to do it. But what I wanted to talk about in this podcast is a question. And that question is, what have we become? What have we become? I mean, this country has always had its problems. There's always been uh, some adversarial situations at times, people fighting and arguing. There's always been a lot of debate between Democrats and Republicans. But it's much different now. It's ramped up to a ridiculous level, a level we haven't seen in our lifetimes. I don't know what happened before I was born, but I've never seen a country like ours in this divisive situation. And it is truly divisive. The Republicans, all they want to do is own the Democrats, so they block everything. They're obstructionist. They're there to serve the people in this country, but they refuse to do it because they don't want the Democrats to look good while they're doing it. And trust me, the Democrats do the same thing whenever the situation forces it to happen. Say the Republicans are in power and the Democrats are not. They do the same goddamn thing. So it's not not any one party that's at blame. But the way it's been for the last four and a half years when Donald Trump was in office, it got far worse than we've ever seen before. We've never seen it like this. I mean— At this point, Donald Trump loses the election. Joe Biden takes over. Now, whenever your guy or gal loses an election, you're upset. You might be mad. You might even say they probably cheated. But it's gone far worse than that. I mean, people are truly upset. They're talking about civil wars. They're adversarial on every level. I mean, we've got people literally calling secretaries of state throughout the country, election workers, congresspeople, 
and threatening their lives and their families and their homes because their guy lost. Now, we know for a fact that Joe Biden won legally, but these people refuse to believe it. They instead prefer to believe a former president who is essentially a criminal, a sociopath, a narcissist, a pathological liar. And this Republican Party, who, you know, you could agree or not agree with them over the years, but they had been pretty normal, pretty respectable for them anyway. But now with Donald Trump, everybody seems to be a crazed fucking nutcase, and everybody wants to fight if you have the audacity to disagree with them. Now, what I'm finding out about these people, they're clearly cowards and not really as tough as they act, but that still causes problems and turmoil and trauma and drama in this country each and every day, and all of that leaks down to all of us. You know it has. I mean, I run into people that I talk to that I've known for years, and even after all that's happened, they still side with Donald Trump and they still think that Joe Biden lost. Now, these are people I've known for years or worked with for years. And I could sit and argue with them. And I know I'm smart enough and have the facts and have the right side of history on my side to beat them every time. But the problem is they don't listen. They don't respond to facts. And they are going to change their minds no matter what you do. So we have these people that maybe at one time were friends, relatives, or co-workers, or associates, or neighbors, or whatever they are. I can't even be near them. I don't want to talk to them. Because if I'm going to talk to them, I can't listen to the bullshit coming out of their mouth without me saying something back. Now, I've had people tell me, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't goad them by saying the things you do. Now, wait, wait a fucking minute. You mean to tell me I have to listen to the out-and-out lies and bullshit and racism and misogyny and anti-Semite behavior? I have to listen to that, and I have to be the bigger guy and not say anything back? Sorry, that's not me. Apparently, I'm flawed. Apparently, I'm not a big enough man to hold back from that because it's bigger than saying, I disagree with you. What they're saying is, we want to overturn elections. We want to undermine democracy. We want to do negative things to this country in order for us to hold power. For me or anybody else to just sit quietly and listen to that is a fucking travesty. You can't not say something. At the very least, this is your country. And the history is your children's and your grandchildren's. If you're not willing to stand up to bullies, well, then you're fucking worthless. Now, not everybody can do the things I do because they're not, they're not as dumb as I am to do it. I understand that. But at least support the people that do. Because at this point, we are in a situation in this country where we are literally in a war. Not a traditional war where there's fighting yet. But... We are in a war. We've got authoritarianism, fascism, anti-democratic, anti-government going on on one side. We've spent years and years just laying back and saying, oh, it'll work out. It'll all work out. Somebody will take care of it. 
But we watched this for four years. Nobody took care of it. In fact, everybody did everything but take care of it. I got to be perfectly honest with you. I always admit to you when I'm wrong, and I was dead wrong on this part. I assumed things would be, you know, a normal situation. When Donald Trump finally loses office, loses power, some of the stuff has been exposed about him, the Republican Party will bolt from him. They will abandon him. And then he'll be forgotten, and they'll do everything they can to recoup their perception of being normal. I really thought that's what would happen. And it made sense that that would happen. They, for whatever reason, understood that now Donald Trump would be a liability, so we need to get away from him. But that's not what happened. That didn't fucking happen at all. For whatever reason, Donald Trump uh, maintained his grasp on the Republicans, and the Republicans, being fucking cowards in their own right, said, well, he's got all the people on his side, so we'll just agree with everything and we'll just do everything he says. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that people, our representatives, would fucking do that, but God damn it, they did. They did. People will say to me, why do you still talk about Donald Trump if he's not president anymore? Well, because he's still controlling the Republican Party, you asshole. And as long as he's controlling the Republican Party, he's controlling a large percentage of this country. And these people want to do harm to our country and to its people. That's why I talk about him. You got to expose this guy for who he is. You've got to push back. Otherwise, they will run over the fucking top of you. I understand you don't want to listen to arguments. I understand you don't want somebody to confront you. But I grew up with something that's been a great benefit of mine. Most people don't like confrontations. They will do everything they can to avoid a confrontation. Me, on the other hand, I don't mind a confrontation, especially if I know I'm right. If I know I'm right, I will stand nose to nose with them and do whatever I have to do to get these fucking people to think. Unfortunately, that's virtually impossible these days. So we're living in a country where everybody wants to fight everybody else. Everybody on both sides think they're right and the other guy is wrong. One side can't imagine that they are wrong. The other side, same thing. So what you've got now is people going head-to-head every day, arguing and fighting. And as I said, it trickles down. This is the one time trickle-down has some impact. It trickles down to the people. And right now, for me, I have at least one or two people in business that I've dealt with over the years that I can't even talk to because I can't help myself when they start spewing bullshit. And here's the problem with these Trumplifucks. They can't just let anything go. They can't just have a conversation about something else that might be the reason we're talking. They have to push this narrative into the conversation. And when they do, I cannot help myself. I've got to stand up and say, fuck you, that's wrong, you're dumb, and I can't deal with you anymore. So I've got people in businesses uh, that I've dealt with I can't talk to. I don't want to give them any kind of credibility. I don't want to talk to them. 
the only thing I can do is disregard them and keep fighting the fight here and on TikTok and Instagram and elsewhere. That's all I can do at this point. I got to keep flapping my gums about it because people need to hear it. And so often people only hear bits and pieces of things, the things they want to hear, and nothing gets done. So I'm here and I'm going to keep spewing this stuff until it clicks with a lot of people and hopefully benefits in some way. Now I'm just one guy. I understand that. But there's a lot of you out there. If you take something from what I say and do the same thing, and then they do the same thing, then maybe we can get somewhere. But somebody has to get the ball rolling. And I guess I see that as my role. I get the ball rolling, try to educate people on what is the truth and what is absolute bullshit. And if they can believe it and comprehend it, then they can pass it along. And that's what it takes. How the fuck do you think the Republicans got where they are now? Donald Trump spews something, they hear it, they pass it along, they pass it along, and all of a sudden you've got this whole faction of people that are fascist and authoritarians. So my point is, if you want to fight against these guys, you've got to do the same thing they did. That's the only thing a bully will understand. You've got to fight the fight with them. And that's the thing that really concerns me about this. You know how Trumplicans are always talking about, we're going to have a civil war, we're going to take over the country. Well, I don't think that will happen in that way. Because, as I've said, these Trumplicans are bullies. And bullies are typically cowards. What they do is they make threats, but they never follow through. Never, ever follow through. And if somebody stands up to them, they usually cower, run, and hide. So we know that to be a fact. At least every bully I've ever run into has done that. The violence I'm concerned about is from the liberal or democratic side. And here's what I mean. And I'm not trying to put down the liberals or the democrats. I'm just saying everybody has a limitation. Everybody can only take so much, especially when it looks like they're losing their country and everything. Say Kyle Rittenhouse gets off. That's going to piss off some people. And what are those people going to do? You might see some riots. You might see some violence. And can you blame them? Now, granted, it's not the right way to do things, and I'm not encouraging it or supporting it or endorsing it. I don't want to see that happen. But you can only push people so far. I'm more concerned by the Democrats and the liberals getting angry and feeling like they're not getting anywhere and then rising up. When you've got people pushing this in your face all the time, everybody has a breaking point. And that's really where my concern is about violence. It's when the left decides they've had enough. When the government doesn't do what they're supposed to do, when Merrick Garland sits on his hands and doesn't prosecute Steve Bannon or Mark Meadows or whoever, these Democrats see our government as basically saying anybody can get away with anything. I mean, let's be honest. If our Congress subpoenas somebody and they say, fuck it, I'm not showing and they say, okay, we'll charge you with criminal contempt. You send it over to the DOJ, and they do nothing. You've basically admitted that our Congress has no power, no teeth at all. 
They're essentially worthless. They're the bullies that always acted like the tough guy that always said, if you don't do this, we'll do this. But now we find out they won't do shit. Now, I'm not saying they're not doing shit. They are. All of this takes time, and I believe that it'll go to the DOJ. The DOJ will file the charges, and then that will break other people down to say, okay, I'll talk. The whole thing with the uh, documents, the White House documents at the National Archives, I talked about that in a previous podcast. Donald Trump doesn't want those documents released. The select committee said, we want them. The National Archives said, we'll send them to you. Donald Trump claims um, executive privilege. Joe Biden points out to him, you don't have executive privilege. I do, and I'm not asserting it. So then, then Donald Trump files a lawsuit. He loses the lawsuit. He goes to the judge and said, can I have a stay because I'm going to appeal this? She says no. He goes to a higher court, and um, they say, yeah, we'll give you the stay. That's the story you hear in the media. Now, in the previous podcast, I explained there's much more to this. They have to have the arguments on November 30th. They'll have an answer in early December. He will definitely lose. He then may take it to the Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court may not even take it because there's no basis in law for the fucking complaint. Even if they do, they can't, they can't decide for Donald Trump because it's against the Constitution. Donald Trump will do nothing but lose. But when you listen to the media and you see Donald Trump is finally getting set up to be taken down, to lose. And then at the very last moment, and trust me, this was the very last moment because Friday was when the archives, National Archives, was supposed to release the documents. When they see that happen, and once again, Donald Trump slips away without getting in any trouble, being not being accountable, people are going to start getting pissed. They're going to feel powerless. So they're going to want to take that power back. I'm talking about human nature here. Like I say, I'm not encouraging anything. I don't want to see any violence. None of that will do any good for this country or for the cause. It will not do any good. So if you have thoughts in your minds of doing it, don't. Because all it will do is get you in trouble. Case in point, the insurrectionists, the gentleman that got uh, sentenced to 41 months just yesterday or Friday, or the one coming up, the QAnon shaman, he's going to be sentenced for 51 months. These people thought they were fighting for their country, fighting for their hero, Donald Trump. They thought they were doing the right thing. Now they're finding out they were fucking fooled. And if the people on the left side think the only option is to fight and beat these people up or do whatever, you're making a mistake too because it won't work for you. It'll work just the opposite. It will work against you and your interests. It'll work against the Democratic Party. But again, that's where my fear here is. People will be so angry, so upset, that they will start to get violent. This Kyle Rittenhouse thing is the one that's most important to me in my mind because if he gets off, people are going to be very angry. People in Black Lives Matter, people who are white, people who are, are Native American, 
all these people are going to get frustrated because they feel like they're not getting justice. And when people feel like they're not getting justice in this country, that can cause some big problems. We've seen it before, and we may see it again. Hopefully not. Hopefully things will go the way they're supposed to go. We will see, a ju- we will see justice, and we will see accountability. But it's a matter of what it is that's a bridge too far for the people watching this. It's a little scary time in this country. It's very volatile. And if you think it's just the Republicans and the Trumplicans that uh, are a problem here, and they are the majority of the problem, they aren't the only problem. The left is capable of doing the same thing. Now, it might be fighting for a good cause, but again, no matter what happens, no matter who you are, if you do that, it's going to make it worse, and it's going to cause all problems for you, so it's not going to make any sense. The only thing to do is take this step by step, take them down legally, and get them out of the way. The fact that it's not happening fast enough for you, well, that's unfortunate, but that's the only way to do it. So try to pull your big boy and big girl pants up, be patient, be vocal, be supportive of those people doing the right things, And that's the best you can do. You alone can't change anything. I can't change anything on my own. We've got to keep the narrative, keep our voices up, and keep people informed and incensed by what's going on to the point just before they decide to get violent. That's not going to work here. We've got to take them down legally and as expeditiously as possible. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. One quick addendum to the last segment. I think the fatal flaw in people in this country, and this is something I learned, I think 38 years of marriage cleared this up for me, made me understand where my problem, where my flaw is. We see it in the Democrats to a certain extent, but we really see it in the Republicans and the Trumplicans. It's people who can't be wrong. There is no way that they are wrong. They think if it forms in their head, comes out of their mouth, it's as if it was God speaking from a mountain, and it's all true. Just because I said it, it's true. Now, you have to be mature enough and smart enough to understand that sometimes you don't know everything. Sometimes you could be wrong. And instead of just fighting to be right, how about just fighting for truth, if you understand what I mean? You've all run into it. I've done it. You've done it. Have a a hill to die on, and you will stick with it because you think you're right. But you should have enough awareness and common sense to really look at what you're talking about, what it is you're fighting for. And if you're wrong, say, you know what? I'm fucking wrong. I'm sorry, I'm wrong, you're right, 
Let's just do it your way. Because if you don't, it's going to cause immense problems between the two people or two parties involved in this. Nothing is ever going to get solved correctly, and it's going to be a mess. As I've said, uh, after being married 38 years, you learn this. I'm like everybody else. I think, well, I said this, so it must be right. <laughs> try being married to the same woman for 38 years and try to play that off for any period of time. You get yourself in deep trouble, put your relationship in a dangerous position just because you want to be right. Not because it's the truth, but because you want to be right. And that's what we're dealing with now in this country, especially with the Trumplicans, but the Democrats too. I'm right. You're wrong. I will fight you to prove I'm right. you got to have enough sense to really look at your situation. Because if all you're fighting for is to prove you're right, you're not going to do well in the end. We should all be fighting for what's true, what justice is, what's righteous, what's best for this country, regardless of what our political affiliation is. But if we can't do that, we'll never get it right. At some point, you got to be able to step back and say, I'm wrong. I'm wrong, and for the good of the country, the good of my family, the good of whatever, I'll admit I'm wrong, now let's just get it right. And that's where we are in this country. This country is very adversarial. We have the Republicans and the Democrats. Nobody can be wrong at any one time. Nobody owns up or admits when they're wrong. And the fight just continues and continues and becomes more heated and then ultimately becomes dangerous. That's the one thing we need to fix in this country. We're not always right. And when we're not, we've got to look to the greater good which is the good of the country, the good of our family, the good of our relationship. At some point, you got to give in. And most people aren't willing to give in. You could show them to their face where they are wrong. And they don't give in. This is one thing that's really worked out in business for me. Learning to recognize when you're wrong and being able to adjust. Now, there are tons of people in business. Businesses start up every day. And every day, businesses fail because they get an idea in their mind. They think they know how to run this business and they're just going to do it that way no matter what. Even when it's wrong and it's obvious and you're losing money, you keep doing it your way because you know you're right. Well, if you do that in business, you are going to fail without question. Because in business, you got to realize, you know, that was a dumb idea in retrospect. I got to change that up. If I want this company to flourish, I got to do something different. So when I say I got to do something different, then I have to admit to myself that I was fucking wrong. And when I admit that I'm wrong, people are scared to death to be proven wrong. Well, I got to tell you, in business, in my marriage, in life in general, once I realized that I can be wrong, that's when things got better. Things got easier once I realized I could be wrong. And when I was wrong, I had enough brains to step back and say, okay, that's wrong. What am I going to do differently? How am I going to approach it better? And that was the only way I was able to have any kind of success in business or stay married for 38 years or raise kids that are decent kids. It's the only way I could do it. 
At some point, I had to admit I was wrong when I was wrong. We're in a country right now where nobody wants to admit they're wrong. And as I say, the Democrats do it too. I'll give you an example. Well, this is a bad example because this person admitted they're wrong, or at least hinting that they're wrong. The big problem in this country right now, the things that people are most concerned about, which actually is not the most important thing to be concerned about, but people only think about those things that hit their pocketbook or hit them uh, directly or pinch their ass. Those are the only things they give a shit about. You can get a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that's going to be transformational in this country. But what people are worried about is the cost of gas or bacon or houses or whatever, because that hits them in the pocketbook. Their focus is there. Now, we have inflation going on in this country. In fact, we just heard as of October, this is the highest inflation in like 30 years. That's bad. You remember when we had inflation in the 70s with Jimmy Carter? What happened to Jimmy Carter? Good guy, good man, smart man. But that economy went to shit because of the inflation. He was out in four years because that's all people fucking care about. George H.W. Bush has a big, big approval rating after he wins in, 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 in Iraq. But then as he gets to the end of his term, the economy goes to shit. He's out the door in four years. Bill Clinton comes in. When it comes down to it, the voters in this country are very narrow-minded. And we currently have an interest rate of 6.2%. And as I said, that is the highest inflation rate we've had in nearly 30 years. So people are all up in arms. They're upset. Every time you turn on the TV news, oh, it's the worst thing in the world, we have inflation. Now, don't get me wrong. Inflation is bad. But you got to understand the circumstance of why we have inflation. And people aren't considering that and aren't considering those things that will fix the inflation. Anytime you have a big event in your country or that affects your country, you have problems like World War II, uh, Vietnam, uh, and now COVID. But let's be perfectly honest with you. COVID is almost as big an event, well, a bigger event, essentially, than Vietnam. You think about this. Vietnam, 50,000 Americans died. That's incomprehensible. That's horrible. We were at war for 10 years or more, or whatever it was. And that had a big effect, not only on this country, not only on the people of this country, but the economy. And it caused inflation. Remember Jimmy Carter? Who came in after Gerald Ford, who stepped in for Richard Nixon after they they, uh, ended the Vietnam War? Inflation was fucking crazy. It cost Jimmy Carter his job. We had gas lines. We had all kinds of problems. Inflation in that time period was far worse than what we have here now. But we have inflation for one very good reason. 
we had a big event. And as big an event as Vietnam was, COVID was bigger. It didn't last as long, but not 50,000 people died. 750,000 people died. They had to shut down the country. They never shut down the country with Vietnam, but they did with COVID. Now, when you shut down the country, the economy kind of stagnates. The demand for things goes down. There's not enough money out there. We had to send people 1400 bucks a piece just to keep it rolling. So nobody had money. So what was coming into this country, the infrastructure, not the infrastructure, the, the uh, overseas products coming into the country slowed down. There wasn't as much coming in because the consumers weren't confident enough to buy more stuff. They weren't sure what was going to happen with COVID and how long we'd be shut down and how it would affect things. Who would still have a job and who wouldn't? We lost millions of jobs. People struggled. They begged for that $1,400 and they got it and it helped. It didn't fix it completely, but it helped. So this event... Uh, This event with COVID was as big or bigger than Vietnam when we had the other big-time inflation. So now COVID is starting to come to an end. At least we hope that's the case. People are getting back to work. They got money. They've sat on their hands for two years, and now they're anxious. They're starting to buy more and more, spend more money. So now the way... The importation of products was slowed. Now, all of a sudden, the demand is way high and the supply is way low. Now, much like anything else in this country or this economy, you can't flip a switch and say, okay, let's send all the shit. There's a process to ramping it up again back to where it was. And that takes time. That's why we've got boats sitting in Long Beach Harbor. There's nobody to deal with it. See, that's the other problem. We don't have enough people willing to work for poverty wages anymore. So there's not enough people to handle it, not enough people to drive trucks, not enough people to work in the ports to bring these in. So where does that put us? We got people with money now. They want shit. They want to buy shit. But the shit ain't here. So you know the old story of supply and demand. If the demand is higher than the supply, well, then the prices go higher. There's fewer new cars to buy, so the cars that are available are higher. Gas comes in. It's all about supply and demand with gas. It has nothing to do with Joe Biden. It's supply and demand. And that's where we are. That's why prices are rising, because of supply and demand. Now, you can't blame that on Joe Biden because you can't blame the pandemic on Joe Biden. You can blame the pandemic on Donald Trump because he ignored it, called it a hoax throughout the team, throughout the book to handle pandemics. He ignored it. It shut down this country and killed 750,000 people in this country. That's why we are where we are now. But folks out there, I hear them all the time. Oh, it's Joe Biden's fault. Really, motherfucker? Joe Biden's been in office for 10 months. Give him some time to do some things. As it is, he's been the most prolific president in the first year in history. 
it's going to take some time to get this stuff done. And in terms of the importing goods and bringing goods in through the supply chain, it's going to take time to get it back up to its normal normal range, way it was pre-COVID. It's not Joe Biden. It's Donald Trump. And anytime you have a big event like we had, now see, the thing is, we wouldn't have had a big event at all had Donald Trump just done his job, but he didn't. So now we have this huge event in this country that had an impact on everybody in this country, killed 750,000 people, and we think we can flip a switch and everything is back to normal. Not going to happen. We may never see normal that we knew prior to COVID again. It'll get to some normality, but not like we saw before because everything's fucking different. So we have to wait for this thing to ramp up to get things going well, it's not like it's not like these goods or gasoline is is rare or it's just not available. It's the whole logistics of getting it into the country and getting it to the retail outlets. That's the problem. We need more workers, so we need people to pay people better, make it worthwhile for them to go to work for them. Get those people working and get this get this um, supply chain moving. But it's not something you can fix while you're running a country, while you're trying to turn around the economy, and also deal with the supply chain. To put that all on Joe Biden is absolutely fucking ridiculous, and I get tired of hearing about it. Because it's just stupid. It's all about me and blaming somebody else, and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So the supply chain is going to take some time to recover or to get back to where it was. And until it does, we will have this inflation. Now, here's where Joe Biden was wrong, and now he's kind of owning up to it. He told the story, just as I told you, about supply and demand and how this is all working out and why it's working out this way. He suggested that it would come back pretty quickly. Well, all signs say that it's not coming back as quickly as he said. So now he has to own that. He has to say, okay, it's not going to come by back quickly as I thought, but it's coming back. Because all the premises for these, the situation as I just laid out is still there. That's the reason we have it. There's nothing Joe Biden is doing that is causing it. And in fact, by passing the infrastructure bill and the Build Back Better bill, that will help ultimately with the supply chain. It'll get more people making more money, doing more jobs, doing things to make the roadways and the bridges safer, and it's going to make everything easier for the supply chain and safer for the supply chain, which will ultimately bring it down. Now, say, here's the problem, though. Here's the problem for Joe Biden and the Democrats. Can you do it quick enough for 2022? And that's up for grabs. Who knows? So now Joe's got to do all this shit plus fix inflation that he didn't even cause in the fucking first place. And we've got people sitting at home saying, I don't like inflation. It's Joe Biden's fault. No, it's not. It's actually this country's fault. It's this country's fault because you fucking voted in uh, Donald Trump. It's this country's fault because you continue to support Donald Trump. 
That causes the Senate to do nothing but be obstructionist and get nothing done. We should have had this infrastructure thing done 30 years ago, at the very least five years ago when Donald Trump was in office. But even they couldn't get it done. Now, had that happened, it would be a different situation now. Had Donald Trump actually paid attention to COVID, we wouldn't even have this problem. So now the Democrats have this on their back and they have to contend with it. We don't know for sure how it's all going to work out because you never do. So now, if this inflation continues up through 2022, it's conceivable that the Republicans would take over the House and the Senate. And then for two years, the House and the Senate won't allow Joe Biden to do anything. So what do you do? Joe Biden gets on his fucking bicycle and gets as much shit done now in case that happens. And is he getting more shit done? It should help the inflation rate, and hopefully it'll give him enough power to get more Democrats in the House and the Senate. But if he doesn't, he better get this shit done now because he won't have the opportunity come 2022. You got to understand, being president is tough. Being president at this time, it's fucking almost impossible. Because you got to come in and do your job and do the best things for this country. But at the same time, you got to clean up all the fucking ridiculous messes that the previous administration created. And then you've got to fight against the people who still, still support this dipshit, worry about violence, worry about riots and protests and those sorts of things, worry about people losing their shit on airplanes or in retail outlets because they've got to wear a mask. There's a lot of things to consider in what's going on right now. And if you're one of these citizens that sit back and says, well, Joe Biden's in office, let's blame him. You got to be smarter than that. You got to look at the whole picture. You got to understand what's going on. Now, I had one guy tell me, well, if this doesn't happen and this doesn't happen, well, I'll just vote for Donald Trump in 2024. Well, if there is a way that you want me to be totally hateful towards you and disregard you, that's the thing. I asked this gentleman, I said, so you're telling me that if you don't get everything you want under Joe Biden, you're going to vote for Donald Trump. You're going to vote for fascism, authoritarianism, criminal activity, undermining democracy because you didn't get exactly what you want when Joe Biden was in. Is that what you say? Well, no, that's not true. I said, that's exactly fucking true. That's exactly the story. And for you to say that, I lose complete respect for you because you don't understand the big picture. You haven't read anything in depth. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So for you to flap your lips, I'm afraid that you even have the right to vote because you aren't capable of comprehending of what the fuck you're voting for. So one of the biggest problems in this country is we've got a lot of stupid people, a lot of selfish, self-centered people who can only look at what goes in their pocket and not what this country's future is about. Because with Donald Trump and the Republicans, I'm sad to tell you there is no future, certainly not in the country as you knew it. 
it's going to change dramatically, and it's not going to change for the better. It's going to be far worse. And if that's what you're on board for, well, fuck you. I don't want any part of you because you're an idiot. You are an enemy now because you are working against this country, against the future. And, like I was talking about before, I don't care if you're a relative, a friend, a colleague, a schoolmate, a neighbor. I don't care who you are. If you tell me to my face that you're going against this country, going against democracy, and voting for criminals, you're the fucking enemy. You're my enemy. And uh, excuse me for saying so, I'm going to be upfront and outspoken about it because somebody needs to in order to try to shut this down if it's even possible. So my point of this, actually, I don't even know what the point of this podcast was. It's just me ranting here because I see so many people not understanding what the fuck is going on and they're big people. They're adults, they have jobs, they have families, they should know. But they just don't have the incentive to actually look and see what's real. So I hope against hope that if I talk about it here, you smart people who probably know all about this anyway can maybe see a way to pass it along to some more people and then maybe it affects the dumb people in this country because that's what we need to do. We need to change the attitude. We need to make this country more together than divisive. We need to be working together if we hope to see a survival in this country in our futures. And I want to see that. I'm 61. What do I got? 20 years? I'll be fine. My kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids, I'm worried about them. Because the road we're taking now is not a good one. And it doesn't bode well for the future. So that's why you need to stand up and fight. You need to understand what's truly going on and how it's going to affect your country. It's not all about you being right, especially when you're not fucking right. You got to get it. You got to be able to realize you're wrong, make the change, and do what's best for the greater good. (laughs) Oh, man, you know, it's funny. The last two podcasts, I've kind of ended it on a downer. But I'm on this rant, and I thought, what the hell, I'll spit it out. And I appreciate you for taking the time to listen, being patient with me, and uh, hopefully I told you something that uh, might be of value to you, hopefully. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up for yet another uh, Rational Boomer podcast. I hope you have a great weekend, and we will talk to you again very soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.